people welcome back to the second hour of love babs love talk i'm babs Rawls ivy i am delighted this morning to talk to auntie land film festival founder and director the lovely talented and the beautiful sylvia wong lewis good morning sister hi hi babs i'm so happy to see you and be with you this morning Oh my gosh, I I am I'm I I've been thinking about this for such a long time to sort of get you on, just to I, I actually not even to talk about Auntie Land films, just to talk about all the doggone gardening that you do and the cooking that you do. <laughs> like you could have your own podcast around all the. Oh, you food. you know. Oh, thank you. You re- you really inspire me because I think that too. I think well, maybe I could have a show too, like you. <laughs> You oh my God! You know, listen. I, I'm just so excited to be on your show, and I listen to your show, and you inspire me so much, and I'm so honored to be here with you. Oh, that is so. This is oh, a treat listen. Me. Let me tell you. Let me tell y'all something about Miss Lewis. Uh, you know, for for she worked in uh, as a journalist for 30 years, and an artist and a chef before becoming a filmmaker at 60. So the pandemic hits, you're sitting in your garden, you meditate, <laughs> you, you, you know, you're summoning the butterflies, you're growing all these beautiful vegetables, and somehow or other you're like, you know what, I want to be a filmmaker. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes. And then you get this call from a young lady who says, you know what, I think, I, I believe we are related, can you tell me about our people? Yes, did that really touch my heart? That's how I started Auntie Land, actually, because Auntie Land really is like a blog and a website and a place to for stories. And uh, I became a filmmaker just trying to explain to that young lady who turned out to be my my niece. And I don't want to say what sibling whose child she is, but she called me out of the blue, and I kind of knew she was born, but I was told that she was with her father's people. So I didn't know where she was really, but she called me and she was still a teenager. And she said, you know, auntie, um, I've been in foster care all of these years and I don't want anything from you. I just want you to tell me who I am. What, what, what were my grandparents like? Who were, who were your, who was your mother and father? Cause they're my grandparents. And I'm telling you Babs, her story and her call just touched my heart so, so deeply. And so that's when I started Auntie Land, really, as a place to, like, share and make the, uh, help the generations connect with each other. And um, so I kind of uh, sent her to my Ancestry.com page and their census stories and photographs and things like that. But she still had a lot of stories. Uh, not stories. She still had a lot of questions. So then that's what led me to become a filmmaker at uh, 60 years old. So I created <laughs> this. This is crazy because, you know, no, I love it. It's so inspiring. I love this story so much. It's so yeah, inspiring. I just like, you know, I had been a journalist, as you said, I've been a journalist already for, for 30 years. So, um, you know, finding stories and telling stories, I, you know, I've been doing that. 
So um, I started this, I created this film called From Shanghai to Harlem. And it's an immigration migration story of our family, which is a story of many of our families in America, right? It's mm-hmm. a story of uh, the uh, West Indian Caribbean side. And it's the story of my Southern Mississippi, Louisiana uh, side. And I was trying to explain to her who we were, how we came together, what the migrations were from the Deep South, from uh, Trinidad and Guyana, Venezuela, China, because I'm I'm a Chinese Trinidadian. My mother's Chinese Trinidadian Mm -hmm. and her father's from Guyana. So I was trying to explain that. And, uh, and she understood some of it because she was uh, had a foster family that was from Guyana. So that was good. So she understood some of the culture. And, um, and I was just trying to explain to her what it was like when our families, there were different migrations. It's kind of like a history story, right? Our yes. family stories. They're, you know, like maybe your family too. I remember you have a, a Jamaican story, I think. Right. So actually, I don't have a Jamaican story. I, I, you know what? I spent so much time with Jamaicans that I feel like I do have a Jamaican story. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I thought you had uh, like ancestors there or something. I did. (laughs) Oh, okay. We got to get to your story. I'm going to get you on Auntie Land. (laughs) I'm going to get you on Auntie Land and we're going to get to your story. Girl, I'll be happy to do whatever you tell me to do. So, so you make this film. Uh huh. You made this film because you wanted to put the pieces together? Yes, I wanted to put the pieces together. And I did it from the point of view of I'm telling a story to a teenage girl. So if you watch the film, and it's a short film, it's like six minutes long. If you watch the film, you can see it's very clear. I'm just saying, okay, this is where we were. This is the this is where the family started out. And this is how things um, this is where they came from. This is where they went. And the story's ongoing because we're still digging and we're still looking for history and our history because of slavery and colonialism has mm-hmm. a, a lot of created a lot of problems in trying to trace everything and document everything. So uh, it's kind of a genealogy story in a way, but it's also a narrative about American history because my family migrated from the Deep South um, in Missis- from Mississippi in 1919 to Harlem. And then my um, Caribbean side, they came on, um, on a ship, on uh, different ships to, um, you know, on the island of Statue of Liberty. Some of them came into um, Virginia. They came in on ships and they came in and uh, landed in Harlem too. So how did... How did these families come together? And I tried to explain how there was a time when um, black families and um, uh, black families, black Southerners, Southern people and Caribbean people were together. Mm -hmm. We didn't have the tribalism that we have now where um, like today in 2022, I do see a lot of Caribbean people saying things about American people, American black people, like we're different people. And you know what I mean? It's like a prejudice because everybody has their tribes. Mm -hmm. So I do see some of that. But back then, the agenda, the so-called black agenda was that we we were all one. And that's that's like a a Jamaican 
um, mantra, yes. like out of one yeah. comes all, you know, but we yeah. were, out of we one were many. really one. And so um, anyway, I was trying to tell this kind of story to my niece in this film. So that's what it's about. And the, I, unbeknownst to me, and I woke up with the script right in my head. And I, I called up a friend of mine that had a sound studio in his kitchen. And I, I said, I need to record this. And I had my own archives, so which were my photographs that I inherited from all my relatives. And I just put together the film and my voice and the story. And I created this film. And um, unbeknownst to me, it started to win awards. And it was just amazing. So that's how I launched my film career at 60. So now I'm 70. So now. <laughs> I'm so inspired. And so, so, and I guess you, from there, you said, you know what? There are other mature voices out there that got a story to tell and yes. might want to, and might, might want to put it to film. Yeah. And, uh, and so Auntie Land is in its, what, second year, third year? What year is this? Well, uh, Auntie Land itself has been around for like four years now, but the film festival is actually very new. So, um, and I'll just tell you, there's an Auntie Land, um, you know, kind of like magazine. There's an Auntie Land holiday that I invented too. Because I saw that. I think it's in March, right? <laughs> yep. Like we it's in March. It's for Women's History Month and International Women's Day. And, you know, and that marks a day where women work women's work women and girls work is really recognized and I thought that well all all of the aunties in the world need to have their day and so that's where that came from and then uh as you said I was in the quarantine I was on my roof in my garden watching my bees and my butterflies feeling isolated and I was like I want to feel connected and so I, I started a film festival on on my roof because I wanted people's stories but as you said, I wanted the, um, I wanted, Auntie Land is a place to, to connect to generations, but it is a, a kind of philosophy that when people start calling you auntie, you are like at least a certain age, you know, it's like people, mm -hmm. when you call your mother's friends auntie, or your aunt, you know, you call your aunt auntie, but you also may call other women in your community auntie. So I was trying to bring out that cultural tradition among our people or among people of color. Uh, I think that um, uh, this exists uh, among uh, Black families, Caribbean families, even Chinese, um, Asians. There's this whole, on when you refer to the aunties, you're really talking about the women in your community. Yeah, and, and the, and the so, older older women. The mature and, and women. So you, so you embrace the word auntie, because I've had conversations yes. with women who hate it like, like oh, i know i saw oprah hates it she's like don't call me auntie you know and i saw that ava ava DuVernay said you know i'm not your auntie don't call me auntie and so no i'm not uh, they will embrace it eventually because it's just not sustainable to think that you're going to stay young forever so let's get with that okay so i'm 70 years old and i'm okay with it you know so when people when young people call me auntie i'm okay with it it does not offend me i'm happy with it because it, it where i come from it means it means that they respect me you know it means that they respect that i do have a little bit of uh, experience a little bit a little bit of age a little bit of exposure and experience to a lot of things and so i'm okay with that so yeah so that's what i that's what i was doing with the auntie lamb just kind of bringing uh and it's you know it's always been like when i was young 
I always felt like I could go to my aunties for advice or for intervention or whatever. Like mm-hmm. um, my mother's friends, um, my mother didn't want me to go away to school, but my mother's friends convinced her that I should. You know what I mean? So yeah. my aunties intervened in my life, you know, yes. in a positive <laughs> way. So, you know, it's kind of like your mother might say whatever, but then your aunties will say, you know what, you need to listen to your child. Your child has some ideas and maybe, you know, will help her and, you know, be beneficial or whatever. So I was trying to get with that, that, you know, uh, the, the uh, value and attention goes to mothers and grandmothers, but very rarely do they really focus on the aunties. So that was where I was coming from. And I was doing this in a very scholarly way, too, because there's really not much scholarship in it. So that's where the, the background of it. But then fast forward, while I'm in quarantine, I just wanted to be connected with people. So I wanted to come up with this idea for having a film festival, a digital online film festival, since I knew we couldn't connect with people. So that's what we did. We, we're a young festival. We started last, uh, we started uh, for, uh, during Women's History Month, just in March. So um, we're having now our summer festival. This is our first summer festival. So I really appreciate being on your show today. I'm excited about it because when I saw it, I was like, I was like, it's a little early for the film festival. And I was like, oh, it's a summer festival. So what has the response been like, Sylvia? Like, like, well, what was the initial response for your first film festival? Oh, my God. A lot of folks sending you. Yes, I was getting so many. um, I was getting so many films. And I was getting so many, um, I was getting a lot of encouragement and support. People sending me, you know, like um, congratulations and uh, encouragement to saying, oh, I'm so glad you're doing this. Why didn't I think of this? You know, that kind of thing, because um, it was an industry piece that um, uh, uh, industry uh, uh, people have told me that there is no other film festival that really wants to hear um, from filmmakers who are mature, who are 50 and older. So, cause I really put it out there that I really want to hear stories from people who are 50 years and older, because I personally feel that once you reach 50, that you have better stories than mm-hmm. if you're a young person. <laughs> cause we have so many stories, right? I mean, look at you, look at me. We've been to the mountaintop. We've been to a lot of mountaintops. I see you traveling. I've been traveling. I've been to so many different mountaintops and been over the mountain, up the down, up the mountain, down the mountain, up the side, you know. So, and I could tell you stories about every one of them, you know. But um, a lot of the films in the film industry is about coming of age, and it's a youth culture, you know. Yes. And I wanted to embrace the this whole mature, um, seasoned. Um, you know, experience and philosophy that there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of living um, after 50. There's a lot of value to your life. And I think that we have better stories too. We have more, many more stories and it just makes sense. And if everybody wants to be sustainable, I mean, you really should be thinking like that. You can't stay young forever. You should tell your stories and embrace the years that you lived and, and she keeps sharing those stories. So that's the, to me, is the, the point of the film festival is to just document that and have a legacy of having a, a film festival that really embraces the, um, the multi-generational kind of um, effort 
to connect the generations, the old and the new, and also to give value to the stories that are older. And I, love, I love when you, you say that we can see through the uh, patriarchal false scripts. We need to tell, write, and show our stories in literature and film that tell the full sweep of womanhood and BIPOC life. I, I love that. And that we are all born artists, but our yes. artist souls get smashed down by life. Talk a little bit about that, Sylvia, because I, I think yes. that is fascinating. Yes, I do feel that, that we're all born artists. And I think it was Picasso that said that. And he was saying that society, the way society set up is that we lose that, um, that wonder and that, um, that openness. We're born with it as children, as babies. We're wonder, wondering what's going on in the world and everything. And we're open to everything. And then no matter what culture that we're born into, Italian culture, Chinese culture, whatever, the traditions kind of like smash that down. It kind of dampers it and um, puts a kind of like a lid on it. And um, so, um, but being an artist really is, is freedom and it's expression. And I think that, um, that we need to be able to, um, to share our visions and our, stories and our paintings or whatever it is that is our art, our cooking, our designing, whatever it is. But what happens is that um, a lot of us care about what people think. They're afraid of criticism. They're afraid of what people are going to say about you and all of that. And I think that as we mature, men and women, as we mature, like by the time you're 50 years old, you really don't give a hoot what people think, right? <laughs> you know, you, you kind of like let that go. And if they uh, you say, oh, I'm not going to wear white in September because that's not allowed. Uh, you know, at 50, you don't care. If you're going to wear you want to wear white, you're going to wear it. You know, that's you it. don't care. You know, somebody says, oh, you're not supposed to wear white. You're like, so what? I'm wearing it. What you going to do about it? So that's <laughs> what I mean. At 50, we get our art spirit back and then we start creating again. And that's actually what happened to me. By the time I turned 50, I had been married twice, I divorced, I lost my parents. You know, you go, go through so much in life and uh, trauma, everything, millions of jobs and, and joys and disappointments, everything. And then by the time you're 50, you're like, well, hey, I'm here and I'm enjoying it and I'm, you know, I'm going to make the most of it. And um, I'm just going to, um, you know, think back and think and get back in, in touch with my artist's um, in my soul. And you notice that the group that we're in, we're in a black women's blogger group. A lot of the sisters in our group, and a lot of them are over 50, over 60, over 70. They are artists. They are creating, um, so many are made starting businesses, just doing, creating things. And they're all over 50. And it's just a very creative age to be. Once you reach this age, once you reach 50, I have a friend that's just turning 30 and I was telling her, oh, that's, you know, yeah, that's nice, you know, but wait till you turn 40. <laughs> like, you, you don't know, even like, know. It ain't going to get it's good till you 50. Else. You're not going to get yeah. good till you 50. It's just not. Yeah, just there's not. nothing going on. You think it's going on now and nothing's happening, really. You know, like, just, you know, keep it moving. So that's what I say. That, yeah, the artist in you just comes out. You just get more courage. And um, 
I was privileged to meet uh, Maya Angelou uh, way back when I was a journalist in uh, Berkeley in Oakland, California. And I remember asking her, and she gets asked that question, like, what's the most important thing in life? And I remember her answer was courage. She said that all you need is courage in life. And I think that that's that is so true now that I'm 70, that that's all you need. If you need, you just need the courage to be yourself, to be your authentic self. And that's what all the aunties that were in my life told me. They were like, you know, do you, be you, don't be afraid and um, think about what's in your heart. What do you really want to do? And, um, you know, and go for it. And so um, that's the spirit of what we are doing here at Auntie Land. We want to tell our stories, want to lift up those stories. And we also want to have dialogue with each other. And I think that that will help, um, you know, the world um, uh, have more understanding with each other. And that will help people uh, heal and understand and have more love in the world. That's really the ultimate goal as far as I, that I'd like to see. That's a good goal. That's a lofty goal. So, so you got a live talk back, meet the directors coming up uh, mm-hmm. on July 27th at two o'clock Eastern standard time. And right. you can go to auntielandfilmfest.org. So tell me about these extraordinary folks who are going to have this conversation and, and what do you imagine they're going to talk about? Well, I think they're going to, um, you know, I don't want to put it out there what they're going to talk about because I really don't know yet. But uh, in fact, the moderator asked me, what, what do you want them to talk about? And I was like, well, you're the moderator. It's really up to you. But you, if, you have, um, if you have three dynamic, brilliant people and you do interviews yourself, Babs, I mean, there's so many directions you can go in. Uh, each of them has, has a body of work that they've done. But uh, they each had one particular film that they submitted to the film festival that uh, our uh, that we chose to be in the film festival. So we had choices. But so I picked one that was uh, uh, one is called uh, Rain of Closes by Louise Fleming. She's Mm -hmm. a brilliant filmmaker and thinker. And it's really environmental. And it's about nature and uh, meditation and uh, the reason why I thought it was important because, you know, a lot of times uh, people think of us as um, uh, uh, women of color, that all we think about are the um, society, um, uh, cultural problems in the world. But we actually think about nature, too. We think about the environment. These things are important to us. We notice them. We are aware of them. And uh, but we're just not connected somehow in uh, the general uh, narrative of society. So I picked that. We picked that. And then um, the other film is called Birds, City Birds. I, I, because these are, it's a summer festival, I wanted to, you know, be like, uh, you know, think summertime. So that's when you notice city birds. And I'm always, um, aware, I'm always wondering about the birds in the city and always looking at them. And I remember seeing, you know, looking at them and thinking that, uh, I had a friend that lived out in the country and she was saying, oh, you should come over to my house. You know, I'm out here in Pennsylvania and we have nature and birds. And I remember saying to her, you know what? We have birds in the city, too. You know, like, <laughs> not like we don't have birds here, you know, so that's not going to be the reason why I'm going to come see you in the country. So, that <laughs> so that's why I thought that this film is just a wonderful tribute to the city birds. And that's uh, by that, uh, Kristen Ryber that's, Harris. That's right, by Kristen Ryber Harris. 
and then the other one really touched my heart. It's it's by um, it, it's by uh, Craig uh, Barbosa, and it's called "It's a Fuller Brush Man," and it's a tri- tribute to his father, but it's also a tribute to I don't know if you remember the Fuller Brush Man, but this it makes me it, it's kind of a, a nostalgia too because it mem- makes me think about um, the brushes that we had when we were growing up, what did you, mm-hmm. what did your mother brush your hair with? Probably the fuller brush man. So your mother, the brush, I know we had a fuller brush man that came and sold all of us, the brushes and um, that we had and, and the brooms. And that was the thing. It's like, people don't realize when you talk to young people and say, well, somebody came and brought, sold your brushes. I said, yes. yes. And we actually got our encyclopedias like that. Yes. Too. I was Remember? just having that conversation. Yes, that, uh, that you know, uh, uh, we had encyclopedia. We had two sets, and mm-hmm. we had the Black America that that little four exactly. volume, three volume set. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that I have, that I still have. Right. Still so have that's from a, my yeah. Exactly. So that film is called The Fuller Brush Man. It's really not about the Fuller Brush Company or anything, but it's really a, the filmmaker's tribute to his father and his father's aging, and you can see that too. So I thought it would it it really fit in the auntie land um, kind of mission in that it's a tribute to someone who's mature and communicating with them. It's a, the, he is a young person communicating to his father. And then I think it kind of goes all the way, you know, to as, as he gets um, um, is at a celebration uh, for his birthday. It's really a lovely story. So that's what, um, so that's what those films are about uh, a little bit. But each of them, uh, Craig uh, Barbos is a professor and a brilliant writer. Um, Kristen, she's an amazing um, artist, an animator, and uh, film person. So the three people, and and also the moderator, she is a talented uh, filmmaker herself. And uh, so I I believe you're going to hear a very uh, wonderful, um, lively, uh, wonderful. And that's uh, that's Pat. Joyen, yes, Joyen. She's the okay. moderator of the of that program. So okay. we're incite, excited about that. And so, uh, like you do a show all the time, I guess is normal for you. But for us, you know, we're excited to do this. And uh, because, as you know, when you have a show, you have people and they're sharing stories and ideas, and you just love, you know, you you really love to do that and bring bring lift up their stories and bring it to people. Yeah. So, that, so what's next month? So so when you get past the summer, are you are you getting geared up for the for the film festival? Uh, yes, yes. In the fall, in well, the it fall. happens for Women's History Month is in March. Okay, March. But we begin. Um, well, I was going to tell a uh, uh, flashback a little bit is that there's also. Uh, the summer we had a summer program with students at Auntie Lou. Oh. So that's there's also the other part of the uh, summer festival is that um, I have uh, three students um, who are working with us, and they um, I had they so they curated uh, kind of like their own little festival, and so we have their films too. So there's nine films in that, and so you'll get a chance to see what the students curated because you never know what young people are thinking about. And so I think that their lineup is really, really amazing. And um, you might, I I might say that um, uh, we were looking at the summer program would be a chance to have more longer films uh, because we're really a short um, 
we really specialize in short films. Um, and that I think that uh, you can tell a lot of stories. And like my my film, my first film, which is kind of a documentary, it was uh, six minutes long. So I think you can tell a lot in a short film. So oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the lineup is looks like it's all, almost all short films. So yeah. check that out. All they have to do is go to auntielandfilmfest.org and they can see. You can just click on it and watch it. There are live links to all of the films. And the film, the film festival uh, for the summer is running now through August 31st. So um, we try to make it so with, with having uh, this whole thing of having a digital space is so uh, uh, free, freeing, right? Because you don't have to get a ticket. You don't have to stand online. You don't really even need a reservation. All you need is your computer or your phone and you just click on it and you can watch it when you want. And yeah, you I love it. How long the film is, it tells you, oh, this one is three minutes. That one's four minutes. You can decide what you want to do. And so um, I was very, um, I was very pleased to see what the students curated, what they thought uh, was their top I asked the three of them what are your top three films that you think people would like to watch and I just asked them and it was very simple I said we're keeping with the mission of Auntie Land which is multicultural and multi-generational but uh, uh, primarily uh, people of color and the, so all of the films are really uh, about that and, and cover that I love so it. it's that part of it is the, the young people and then um we then, after that, we have a little break uh, at the end of this, uh, August, and then we gear up for the uh, the Winter Festival, which is for Women's History Month. And that gears up actually in October, even though it's really held in March. Well, I, I want you to come back to talk about about that one. But before you go, talk uh-huh. to me about what what do you what do you see the future for Auntie Land Film Festival? Like, what do you what do you ultimately want it to be and do and say? Well, I want it to, um, I, we want to pivot. I mean, right now it's just totally digital and it, um, it's based here in, uh, I live in Tribeca, New York, down in downtown New York. And so I, I, the, the immediate thing was that I wanted to have year round programs where we have multi-generational events and activities. And then, um, um, I wanted us to also, um, do, uh, in-person events eventually that's what i would like to do as you may know that my husband byron started the granddaddy of uh, black films uh, the uh, american black filmmakers yes um and uh, <laughs> he started that over 25 years ago he's since sold it to uh jeff friday but uh his and i was with him during through all that time his goal was that he wanted all he wanted people of color to get together to connect with each other in a physical space and that was his goal back then because we were so separate from each other. So my goal is that way too. I do want us to, uh, my goal is still the same. It's like, I want us to be connected to each other. And what happened, COVID kind of separated us. And so that's still my goal. I just want us to be more connected to each other and doing more activities that could connect us to each other. So that's, yeah. that's like a, that. you know, it's a simple, simple goal, really. Well, I so appreciate your time. I so appreciate talking to you. Such an inspiration, like a real inspiration. I love the fact that at 60, you said, I'm going to be a filmmaker and make films Mm -hmm. on top of a 30-year career of journalism and artistry and 
and cooking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, well, that was the other thing because I have all that, you know, it's like pulling together all of your interests. So I have a very uh, deep uh, passion for gardening and cooking. So that's that's what I envision that Auntie Land is going to do more with um, gardening and homesteading and cooking and and that kind of thing. I do envision that. But uh, haven't, uh, you know, uh, manifested it yet. But we're getting there. <laughs> You're getting there. You're getting yeah. there. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Ms. <laughs> Sylvia Wong Lewis. It is thank a pleasure, you. a delight, and a real honor to talk to you. Oh, and I, and you. I want you to come back for the... I would the, love to. Start the other part of the film festival. I will. I will. I would love to talk to, talk to you again. And thank you for sharing uh, our stories with your audience. I really love you guys. Well, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of the day. And I can't wait to see what you pull out of that garden next. <laughs> you, see. you know, I have a purple passion. I have some purple potatoes and purple. Things oh. there. So yeah, happy on your show. We could talk purple. Okay. Oh my God. I can't wait to <laughs> I see, see you with your purple hair. I don't know if it's purple or blue. But no, I, it's purple. <laughs> oh, okay. I see you got to think of purple too. Well, so when you have purple. a purple show, I'm going to be there with my purple potatoes and purple spring beans. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Ms. Lewis. I so appreciate you. you. I'm looking forward to the film festival. Oh, thank you so much. All right. Thank you all so much. All right. Thank you. I'll see you soon. Harry, play us out. It's time for us to go. I love this conversation. Um, This was great. Play us out. And I'll be back uh, tomorrow just for an hour because I got a commitment at 10. And uh, Paul Bass will sit in for me, I think. Or somebody will sit in for me tomorrow. I think it's Paul Bass. But otherwise, I'll be back on Thursday. I'll see y'all. Somebody, somebody accused me. There we go.